Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. Event Hustlers, how are you doing today? We are so excited to be back. I am so excited to be back here with another episode of the Event Hustler Show. Uh, if you have never tuned in, that's okay. We do this every week, Wednesdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and I love these conversations. Uh, so really excited today to dive into a conversation with Pedro Goaz from InEvent. InEvent is a virtual platform. I'm sure you have heard of them, and we're going to dig into not only what they are and what they've been up to. But I think when you're talking about virtual events and hybrid events and this whole new world that we've been living in for the last year and a half, <laughs> there's no better place to find out what are the trends, what are the big things that people are seeing. These virtual companies know everything. They get all this data and they get to see what people are doing and the behavior patterns and all of that. So I hope we can dig into all of that as well. But first, Pedro, welcome. Thank you for joining today. Thanks so much, Liz. I'm very happy to be here and I appreciate you know, everyone that's here listening to us also and uh, watching this session. Yeah. Yeah. So I do see we already have live watchers. Welcome, welcome. Please let us know in the comments where you're watching, who you are, where you're watching from. We'd love to see you. If you are watching on Facebook, please go to facebook.com slash streamyard. Sorry, streamyard.com slash Facebook. It should be in the link at the top here. And that'll give us access to see your picture and your name so that we can acknowledge you. Um, but if you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn, comment away. Let us know that you're here. We'd love to hear what you guys, are, what questions you have and what brings you here today. And uh, if you are watching the recording of this, welcome. I hope you can join us live one day. All right, so Pedro, let's just dive in. I would love to, you and I have never had a direct chat. I'm very familiar with InEvent. I've talked with many people from your team, but now is my chance to get to know you and all those who are watching as well. So tell us a little bit about Pedro, like not just InEvent, but who are you? What is your career been like? What brings you to the CEO of InEvent position that you have now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is a great question. Thank you so much from, uh, uh, for this question, everyone joining us. Uh, we see Ivy also joining us from Florida. Uh, we, I started an event you know, with uh, two co-founders, and our idea was to build a platform that was going to deliver on the things that were really important for the event managers. And I remember that early on in our career, like I was, as I was a computer engineer, was working with this very technical thing and i just wanted to create a very friendly and user uh, a platform that users could just use uh so we started working on the event space and we realized there are so many things that we could build especially on the video and um you know like we built the studio we built the control room we built live control room we built so many things and that was actually our key uh to keep growing and uh, we have seen so many users joining um in accessing the platform. So I was really happy when, you know, the technology that we started uh, from a single room, like many years ago, like seven, eight years ago was actually being used in large scale production. So that was very, very exciting, yeah. So why the events industry? If you go back seven or eight years when you started InEvent, um, you could have built anything. What was the impetus for InEvent to be built for the events industry? I think I'm fascinated by video. Uh, me, also Mauricio, our co-founder, he loves video and the idea of creating something that was actually like this perfect picture uh, with great video, like low latency that you can just stream from anywhere. Um, and our vision is how can, you know, we went to events and everyone was connecting using web cameras. How can we shift from going from, you know, this 
webcam experience to go to a TV-like experience on live events. And that's what we are building on the platform. It's actually giving uh, support for event managers to deliver TV-like experiences on event systems. And we saw that as a big opportunity, you know, like a vision of like, we can do that. And so we were excited to, to work on this. And that's what we have been doing for the last uh, 12 months. Yeah, mostly. So I've seen a lot of virtual platforms and, uh, you know, one of the things that I have seen over, you know, it's a trend over the years is that, you know, there are a lot of people who are tech minded computer engineers, they start building something and then they think, oh, this could be marketed to the events industry. It's billions of dollars of an industry and let's, yeah. let's go there. And a lot of the times when I see the platform from a planner perspective, it's just lacking. It's it doesn't feel like it speaks to an event planner because it doesn't. It was built by computer engineers who really don't know that much, but just decided it could we could make money off of this industry. In event is not that. Um, it's very intuitive and user friendly, and this is obviously not a commercial for you guys. But uh, you know, I'm curious how you got to know the events industry, understood the pain points, and what planners and your clients really need, what has that process been like for you to make sure that you're building something that speaks to the user and not just something that works technically well? Yeah, I, th I think the key for that uh, was actually, you know, in the beginning when we started in event, we were just, you know, like events, anything can be an event. So let's just put the website out there and sell it to anyone, right? Yeah. And after a couple of years, what we realized is that for us to be, you know, like to be excellent at something, like to be something that's actually amazing, you cannot be catering for everyone. You know, like you cannot create a platform that works for you know, a concert, also for the, you know, for a corporate trade show and also for like you got to be able to define what's your bread and butter and you got to be able to work with those customers to understand them. And because if you're building something that's for a specific audience and you're going to build the niche that you're looking for, you can build something really good, but you cannot build a platform that just works for everything um, because it's not compatible. Like the, the, the wording that one person uses on one specific yeah. type of event is very different from the other. And then people get lost and then they say the platform doesn't work or the security settings, right? Uh, we went with a lot of security settings over the years that were like, some, some users, they say like, my users are very like, they just want very simple um, to join the platform. Like for example, this webcast, you don't have to use any kind of password or encryption or anything. Like basically any person can access this content. But then we yeah. host some events that are like very private, you know, like you're gonna have a lot of security. So how are you going to build a platform that's like very open, like anyone can access this for the, you know, for local US agencies, uh, governmental and everything. And at the same time, you want to be like broadcasting this for free for thousands of people. So trying to merge those two things usually lead those platforms. Um, and I, I think the event was, was one of that, like to be very complex for the end user. And we just decided let's build something today for our core audience. And our core audience uh, today is like users, they are working with multiple events throughout the years. They're usually associations, government related, or large corporations, or tech, or finance, and pharmaceutical. So this is where we are very successful with, and that's where customers really use our product to, to build their, their amazing experiences, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense that, you know, trying to be everything to everyone doesn't really work for anybody, then everybody's only getting a small piece of what they really want. I've seen that way too many times with event management platforms, where you go in and half of the things that they have in there are not even things that we would use day to day with our clients. Now that obviously it doesn't apply to every other planner in the world, but um, really, really important that you know and understand that and you know your target market, you know, you can kind of hone in on that. Now, you mentioned in event, it's been seven or eight years. So everyone's talking about virtual events now. Obviously, that wasn't as popular pre-2020. Tell me about that transition. Like, what were you guys doing pre-2020? And then what's happened in the last 18 months (laughs) to your business? Yeah, like we we started very, very lean. Uh, We stayed very lean. Like we we had 10 employees for the first, I think, two or three years. And then like on year four, we added another 10 people and we were like training inventors for uh, up to year five. So we were trying many things. Uh, we tried to build accreditation, badges, you know, lanyards. We tried to build mobile apps. You know, remember 2014, 15 when yes. everything was mobile app. Like you got to have a mobile app for your event. Like we actually had uh, our main product was a mobile app in 2016, 17. Um then we actually start working with a lot of integrations, uh, people connecting with Salesforce, Mercado. That was actually something that it's part of our core business today. A lot of customers buy because of that. Um, so we shifted away a little bit from just being a ticketing platform or just a mobile app platform to being this platform that's really used for like the operational system for these agencies and for our governmental clients. So they can use this throughout the year to run all their experiences on the platform. So it became what, you know, what we have on the Mac OS here on Mac. We build the same thing for the event industry where we have this system with all the tools available for for them and they can connect with others. And that's where we're really successful with. We look for those customers that have a need for that. And sometimes when customers book a call on our website, if you go to a website, there is like a call booking and everything. Mm people book a call and we have this first call and we actually help them in the sense of like, we're not a good fit, but we can help you with this list of other companies that may be able to provide one type event platforms or just one single event because in events more tailored to having a large amount of events throughout the year. Yeah, I think a lot of event professionals need that, especially since 2020, everyone seems to be talking more about the 365 community and year round events and how to use, you know, virtual gives us this great opportunity to not just have one annual conference, but to have lots of touch points with our customers. And I know that, you know, having that platform that manages all the data and keeps everything in one place is so, so, so important. We have lots of clients who are switching from virtual platform to virtual platform. They want to try a new experience. They almost see it. And I've definitely heard this in the industry, like your virtual platform is your venue. So you wouldn't ever necessarily use the same venue over and over and over again. But with InEvent, um, you didn't talk about this too much, but I kind of know from the back end that you can, there's a lot of like event marketing tools. You mentioned the Marketo and Salesforce integrations. So you can use it throughout the year uh, as compared to a lot of other platforms where you kind of use it and it's very specific to a single event and then you kind of close it out and move on. Um, so are you seeing a lot of organizations doing this 365 thing that everyone's talking about? 
I mean, like that, that is becoming more common, especially as you know, you saw, I don't know if you've seen the trend on Twitter, like the great resignation, you know, like everyone yes. moving, like they want everyone wants to work from home and uh, remotely and everything. And I think companies are realizing that the, the employees that are working from home, they actually want to have the same experience because, you know, like when you are in person going to the office and everything, like you have usually events and then you meet with people and everything, right? And these are great experiences. Uh, event managers, internal, like corporate, used to build those events very frequently throughout the years. And then the employees now working from home, they still want to have those great experiences. They want to have a studio production uh, when they go to their, you know, meeting every Tuesday. We have our annual or weekly meeting uh, with the CEO every Tuesday, and that still needs to be a great production. So we are seeing that those companies are shifting away from just hosting one type of event experiences to hosting a constant event experience that's weekly or monthly for their customers, for their employees, and they want to up, up the quality in that specific event. So that's, that's the transition we see. For us, the 365 uh, experience is about an event that needs to be recurrent. So the use cases are you know, weekly meetings with leadership, uh, customer product launches or, you know, user conferences that happen every, let's say, every quarter, for example. These use cases are great for a 360-degree, 360-day uh, platform. Um, if you have just, like, one single thing or um, you just want to do a blast, for example, there, there are other platforms that supply that, but the customers that join an event there, they are hosting these frequently, especially webinars with more capabilities, they're being very successful, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the big question is, are you seeing people sticking with virtual? Do you think there's a trend towards hybrid? Do you think people are just wanting to go back in person? And obviously, this depends based on the kind of organization. But because you have a platform that works so well virtually and has all these touch points, I would imagine you're seeing different trends like we talked about kind of on the macro scale. You're seeing the shifts. What what are you seeing? What should we know? So the thing that I'm seeing is that people, they like the social interaction, you know, like they're like, I want to be able to reconnect with people and that's it. All the content, all the sessions that I used to attend, see them, like they don't miss that. You know, they just, yeah. they, they, what, what I'm seeing is that 90% of the, the event where it's like you go early and you meet with, you know, like you stay there and you watch the sessions and then um, you just, you're just there for the content. People can skip that. They they just want to do this virtually, working like home, like whatever their their proper clothes are using at the time. They just want to be relaxed, and then they really miss that piece, which is like the happy hour or the weekend um, thing they usually have on those events. They really miss that. So I think the hybrid thing will be the thing in the future, and right now it is because. All the content can be delivered online. All the content can be stored online. It's better to deliver and actually to track what people is learning. And then you go to the three-day, you know, weekend thing just to connect with your colleagues or have the retreat or go on a resort. We see that's going to be the future of yeah. uh, social is going to be more strong and content is going to be more virtual uh, moving forward there. It makes a lot of sense because the content people can uh, kind of digest on their own schedule. I mean, podcasts are so so popular because people like to be able to just put it on in the background and listen to it and do it, in, you know, listen in the car or while they're 
working or whatever. And that's the kind of delivery method that I think we really have to be thinking about. Everyone has said for decades that people attend events for networking and content. And if the content is less of a driver, and that's going to be, I think, a really big question as we look to 2022, how much of you know people's interest in going back to in-person is related to the content? I, I would agree with what you're saying that it, I think it's not the content that brings them back. It's the networking, the in-person experiences. And I think we're going to see a huge trend towards you know, like you said, those three-day retreats, a lot more focused around the entertainment, the interaction, the networking, those intimate moments between humans. And then, you know, all not all, but a lot of that content will be driven online. And I think that's where it forces the 365 community, because unlike before where we could have people in a three days, eight hours a day, 100 different sessions, and they were just kind of forced to go through all of that, you can't just move a hundred sessions online and expect everyone to sit through them for hours and hours and hours. You have to release it over time, right? I mean, that's, so you create these touch points where people get to interact with each other in person. And between that comes out all this content. I think, you know, more than ever, brands are going to have to think about how they can push out content in different formats different lengths of time, you know, those hour long sessions with PowerPoints have to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. I hope they disappear. <laughs> Unless it's for like, you know, yeah. continuing ed credits or something very technical. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, that's one thing that became much easier uh, to track the credits and the units. Like if you have CU credits and you want to be able to track them, they used to be in person, but you know, like virtually so much easier to issue the reports and you know to have all the content available yeah. and you can come back later and you have all the recording on all the core recordings on demand so you can actually use all this content very easily and that actually becomes an asset for the company because the in-person event you go there and you cannot create gated content right the idea of like i'm going to sell tickets that they're going to allow me to access different you no know, different slots across the event and that can become like premium content you know like vip content and those, and those pieces of information, they are actually being paid by the, either the organization or on the ticket value. And you can use those much more effectively um, online. Uh, in person, that's still going to be a thing. But when you go in person, you're still looking to connect with the speaker. You know, like I'm going there because the speaker is someone that's important. I want to connect with them. But the content, you can actually deliver this in a different way. And you can actually watch this later or... What's more interesting is uh, transcription tools, right? Because as you're listening to a session and sometimes you want to find specific information, you have like this block of one hour and then you have to go through the entire thing just to find the specific information that you want. Online, we actually have all these already translated to multiple languages and also the transcription. So you can actually find the piece that you want. You go to the 25th mark and then you can actually watch just five minutes to find the content that you need. So. It's actually become more Google-like, the process of finding yeah. information and using the content and actually monetizing this information on the events, while social is going to have even more money to spend on those experiences, right? So instead of going to a four-star resort, you can actually go to a five-star resort because now you have all this money that you save from, you know, hosting the in the hotel rooms, you can use that money to host a different experience for them. And that's much more engaging. So 
And I think people value that, uh, this process of connecting and having a great experience, um, not exactly you know, just the content, but actually like bonding with others, yeah. Yeah, in addition to what you talked about with tracking CEU credits and that being a lot easier, you know, we have several clients who do that and literally being able to see to the second how many seconds someone watched content, you know, that is very important. It was very difficult to do in person in the same way. But you also brought up the really good point of the accessibility of the content through language translation, transcriptions. We've also seen some really cool indexing tools that take the video they scrape it, they pull out all those keywords. Let's say there's a hundred sessions and out of all those sessions, you want to know how many times someone used the word they talked about hybrid. You can look up that keyword and pull up all of those clips exactly. to like really zoom in. And I think a lot of times we had these in-person events, we had hours of content, we shared it. It didn't, it didn't just stay in our archives, but no one was watching a whole hour of a session all over again. And just look at this conversation. You know, our our uh, event hustler show is always unscripted. It's, it kind of goes wherever it wants to go. No one would necessarily know that we're talking currently about CEU credits. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have come up in the description, right? But then it it pulls out all of these nuggets that really are meaningful to your attendees and lets them zoom in on the stuff that happened that was really meaningful to them. Yeah, that's and so important. Exactly, and, and for us, it comes back to the first uh, the first question that we're discussing today on the on the, this conversation, which is, how can we differentiate ourselves, right? Because, like, if I talk to you credits with my mom, she's not going to understand what it is, right? right. Uh, it's something that's a professional tool for for event professionals, and that that's, has a specific purpose. So, not all platforms need to build a CU tracking tool uh, for them to deliver this on their system, right? There are other use cases in the industry, for example, a concert doesn't need that. Uh, but, you know, as we specialize, as you become a leader in your niche, uh, that's the vision that Inevent has, we see that we want to work with professionals. Professional event managers is our main uh, persona that we work with. So uh, we build the tools that the professionals need on their daily uh, work so we they can have these easily available. So. Is catering for them and not for other audiences. And I think that was making multiple platforms either succeed or not. You know? Yeah, it's a big deal. And I, I want to, again, not a commercial for an event, but as a shout out, I, again, look at tons of virtual platforms all the time. And I'm an independent planner. So we have a variety of clients we're working with and they all have different needs. And, and some of them want to use the same platform. Some of them don't. But um, an event has one of the best pricing, like understandable pricing structures for independent planners, which I know a lot of people in our industry and a lot of event hustlers are independent planners. That's like our audience for sure. Um, I've talked to a billion companies and I'm like, okay, so let's say I have three clients who want to use you. What does the pricing look like? It's so confusing. <laughs> so if you're an independent planner out there looking to find something that you can just wrap your mind around and sell to your clients, I would check out an event, um, totally unsolicited, but it was definitely a winning point in my mind when I did one of the demos. It's like, finally, a company gets that it's not just a single client who does their own events, but that there are tons of independent planners like me with multiple clients and multiple needs and tons of admins. And <laughs> it. Uh, anyway, just a little uh, shout out for you guys there. I thought that was great. Thanks. Um, so we only have a few minutes left. I would love for you to talk about 
the future of InEvent and the future of the events industry as you see it. I'm sure that that relates to where you guys are building and growing towards. We talked a little bit about the move to hybrid. We talked a little bit about a few different things. But as we look to 2022, 2027, you know, we're starting to look out a little bit farther. What do you think is going to happen to the industry? We've been through a an incredible transformation in the last 18 months, and we're still in the middle of a pretty serious pandemic. So where do you think things are going to kind of shake out when hopefully all of this at least dies down <laughs> to a manageable point? I think like, you know, from my point of view, I think we're going to have a huge investment from companies and event planners and education on specifically on video, you know, how to actually take this to the next step. What I'm actually specifically talking about here is like, I think people are going to transition from web cameras to actually start purchasing you know, two, $3,000 cameras. I think people are going to shift from $2,000 cameras to $5,000 cameras. I think the harder we improve for everyone, the backup links. I think people will be more like, I know how to produce actually event that's going to be virtual. And I know plan A, plan B, plan C. And it's just doing an easy setup. It's something that I know that I have very high quality. And it's the same things that I go on a TV studio. You know, if you go to a TV studio and find all their hardware, I think we're going to start seeing more of these inside our homes. And that's going to become more frequent. I also think that companies are going to invest more on studios in-house. So yeah. when you go to a big company and you talk, when you ask them, where's the studio? What does your CEO broadcast a weekly webcast? And they say, oh, they, he broadcasts from his um, from his." you know, window with uh, <laughs> his MacBook um, is, I think that's going to transition to be like, no, there is a studio, like it's a big studio with like a professional AV uh, company or AV professionals actually broadcast it or it's like scenarios and everything. I think that's going to be a shift of like huge investment on video and supporting technology and harder for the industry. And I'm really excited about that because, you know, I really see a difference. I'm a, I'm an avid, uh, I like to watch movies and everything. And there is a big difference between like what's a movie quality, TV-like experience, and what's an event currently experienced virtually. And I think we can actually shift from being, you know, event-like events virtually to actually being more related to like Hollywood productions and TV-like experiences because we can and the harder is available to actually produce these on a daily basis. So that's where we see the future, yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I completely agree. I think that, um, you know, people are getting tired of essentially what I'm doing right now, which is just like sitting at your office with like your webcam. Um, you know, I do have some lights, but we're really not that much more professional. I think the venues of the future are definitely thinking about studio space and being able to rent that out like they rent their venue space. And I think, um, you know, to your point, Everything has to get up leveled. And I also think with that will go the entertainment value. Again, getting away from a speaker with an hour of slides. Exactly. But how do we convey the information in different ways that is actually entertaining? I think one of the big challenges we faced as the events industry over the past 30 years, <laughs> many, many years, is that there's so much great content, but it's not delivered in a way that people want to go back and digest it again and again and again, like you would binge watch a show or I don't do this, but my husband watches the same movie like 50 times. I never really understand <laughs> how he can do that, but really thinking about how do we make our events at a quality where people want to 
watch it again. They missed something that was so good. And, you know, right now we're kind of relying on amazing content. Like hopefully what they said was so great. They have to go back, but there's really no entertainment value <laughs> to most of the event related content, unless you're talking about a concert or, you know, some kind of media event, but professional yeah. events really could use a step up. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we've already seen this from a few customers of ours where they've really taken this and saying like, I'm paying event 50,000, but I'm actually investing on the event, like a million dollars. Like, uh, it's not just I'm investing like something that's that's a low fee compared to what they could build. You know, they actually putting a budget behind this to support their next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, these are the big productions that we have today. But what sure. I'm saying is that people are not thinking about virtually virtual events as a affordable, like just cheap option. They actually think about this as I have to invest on this as I would for an in-person event or even more because I want yeah. to deliver something that's great. And great virtual experience is actually very expensive, uh, but they really pay off in the long term, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of new skill sets to learn. It's all that hardware, it's the entertainment value, like how do you add that? You know, People are used to doing things the same old way. Um, so we have a lot to learn. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. It was great to hear your perspective on the industry, as well as how that kind of has fed through in you growing an event with your co-founders. If people want to learn more about an event, let's say there's some independent planners on here who want to learn about this pricing I talked about, or people identify with being a part of that target market that you talked about, where would you want them to go? We'll put those links here, but you know, verbally, it would be nice if you could share as well. Yeah. If you want to go to inevent.com, we have a new campaign, Go Beyond. So, um, this campaign is to share the idea of like there are great platforms out there and you know like they may work well for you but if you want to go and create something different something that's actually going beyond and like uh, creating something that's actually different and professional and everything uh in event the right platform for this so if you go to inevent.com and if you want to book some some time with us uh, we're going to be able to help you and get you started all right Awesome. And we'll try to share some links because InEvent does some really great events for event planners often. Um, I've gotten to participate in a few. They're a really good way to experience the platform as an attendee or one of your stakeholders would experience it. But the content's really good. Um, I think I'm actually going to join you as a speaker for an upcoming one that you guys are working on. So we'll make sure to try to share the links in that as well. And uh, very excited to announce that we just confirmed an event as one of our sponsors for Taxi Talk Global coming up September 28th and 29th. So you can learn more there as well. Make sure you guys are signed up for that event. Um, So yeah, lots of ways that people can connect with you guys. Really excited. Uh, Pedro, thank you so much for your time today. To all of you who are watching live, thank you as well. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Event Hustler Show. We're going to be talking to Michael Buckley from Cadence and really talking about emotions at events. Maybe we'll even get him to cry or something. (laughs) So really excited for that episode. Uh, Thank you again, Pedro, for your time today. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.